0: This is Metroscope, an Entercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. We all know that homelessness in the Portland area is a big issue, and there are organizations tackling this problem, and one of those is Union Gospel Mission. On Metroscope today, I would like to welcome Bill Russell. Bill is the executive director of the Union Gospel Mission in Portland. Hey there, Bill. Hey, Gary. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. How are you?
1: It's always complicated here. <laughs>
0: You've got a busy job.
1: It is. It, you know, it really is complicated, too. I know a lot of people who are listening today look at homelessness. They think of Union Gospel Mission and think of homelessness. And it is a complex problem. And anyone who thinks they're not, it's not, then I, I just want to talk to them for a little while.
0: Well, let's, too, talk about that. Why do people think it's not complicated, and why is it so complicated?
1: I think I think people project upon other people Their skills and abilities. So I hear people ask, why don't the homeless just get a job? And I would say, well over 70% of the people who visit the mission today for services are unable to work a job, either through physical disability or mental illness or uh, if if you're addicted to a substance like heroin, you're just not going to be able to navigate a job. So then you say, well, oh, why don't the heroin addicts get off heroin? I think that's a great thing. We have disincentivized the getting off of heroin in Oregon because we've reduced heroin possession from a felony to a misdemeanor. Uh, but I think when people get to that tipping point, they need to get off heroin. It's a horrible way to live. They need to get off methamphetamines. It's a horrible way to live. Or if someone is disabled by alcoholism, they need to get off of it. And and that's certainly a lot of what we do, uh, catch incentivize people who want to get off of a substance and get off of it mentally ill it's a little tougher uh, because we are near the top of the states with in terms of the scope of the problem I I don't know why the Pacific Northwest and and Alaska has a high degree of, of mental illness incidents and alcoholism but we do maybe it's the rain and the clouds I don't know but I know that we're among the top with the incidence of mental health but we're near the bottom of the states in terms of a mental health Delivery system, and so and and it's just tougher to get psychotic, profoundly mentally ill people who are on the streets off the streets. They walk away from help. They're service resistant, and so it's complicated. It's not an easy fix. Um, a lot of people say, "Well, if the problem is homelessness, why don't we just build housing?" And th- there's actually a lot of people and some really solid policy built around housing first. But uh, if people walk away from that housing, or they make life for the other residents in that housing uh, unacceptable and unsafe, then we got a problem. So that's why I say homelessness. We all are frustrated by it. It seems to be growing at a rapid pace, but uh, it's not an easy fix.
0: Absolutely. So, it, do you see it still growing at a pretty rapid pace? And when? Is there any projection when things might kind of tr- start to turn around a bit?
1: No, I, I don't see any turnaround. The uh, opiate epidemic, uh, there's hope in uh, in medically assisted treatment of, of uh, opiates. But if the demographic that's presenting the problem, younger people, uh, continue to get addicted at a record rate, then... Um, the problem the the solution to the problem is when they get tired of being heroin addicts and or when the criminal system forces them to get tired of being a heroin addict so that's going to go up for a while and then probably one of the most troubling part of the homeless population are people over 60 and the demographics of that the number of people in the baby boom generation who are turning 65 without more than $10,000 in equity and with less than $1,000 in Social Security benefits, that demographic, that's about 4,000 people a day, that's not going to end for 15 years. And so you just multiply. 4,000 times 365 times 15, and there's quite a few people that are going to be entering homelessness and unable to um, deal with the housing market. And so we have, to, we have to be looking at more solutions than spending a quarter of a billion dollars to build a door of housing or just temporary shelters. And uh, every, every one of us in this field wants to transition people out of neighborhoods, out of unsafe and unsanitary homeless camps, and into a good, productive life. And so we're looking to maximize that, and that's why we do events that engage people, because we believe if we care for people and connect to people without enabling them or without hurting them, we can coach them to a better life. But, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a lot to do that, and I'm happy to be about that business.
0: We're talking today with Bill Russell, Executive Director of the Union Gospel Mission. Now, Bill, how many uh, people does the Gospel Mission serve?
1: Well, uh, at Operation Overcoat, uh, which is the last Saturday of September, we're gonna serve uh, somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 people that day who come to us for help. But on a typical day, we will serve about 300 people who come to the mission. On, on a big day, we'll serve about 500 people. And then we also go out to homeless camps and reach people outside the mission by visiting them and, and, and trying to move them out of uh, a, a sad life into a happier life, and, and we're able to, to do that to some extent.
0: What services does the mission provide?
1: Uh, well, at the mission itself, we operate uh, a feeding program our first, the first leg of our purpose statement since we were founded in one thousand nine hundred and twenty seven is meet that basic need for food. so our first wing is feeding the home feeding the hungry and you know in, in cold, desperate weathers, keeping people alive means bringing them inside or giving them warm clothing or sleeping bags but it 's pretty much providing life essentials. And we do that, um, you know, tomorrow morning at 6.30, we'll have a hot breakfast that'll be attended by probably 250, 300 people, Uh, and and again on Friday. And then other days, we provide portable meals, and then we have lunch, and then we have dinner, and then we have a whole group of people who've come on come off the streets, and they enter into responsibility-based recovery. And we call that life change. And, and we have somewhere about uh, 80 men, women, and children who are off the streets and living in that transformational program. And, and those are the, the big tents. Um, there's a lot of particular needs that the homeless have, like for clean socks or new underwear, and uh, we, we do that a lot.
0: Tell me more about life change. This is something that you personally started with the Union Gospel Mission, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was a, I was a prosecutor back in the day, back in uh, the early 80s, and I certainly saw the carnage that substance abuse and untreated mental illness have, and people who just don't want to merge in and be productive. They want to... Earn a living um, off of your hard work. And so whatever uh, the presenting problem, I began putting uh, programs together in the 70s in Seattle and over in the Rocky Mountain region that would... bring about transformation in a person's life. And so we're always looking at, at three things. How do you bring a supportive spiritual community into a person's life? How do you bring livable wages into their life? How can, how can you get them up to speed to do what, what we're doing right now, Gary? We're working a living, we're making our wage, and we're paying our bills. And then the third thing is how do you get them to select safe, livable housing? not living in an environment that's going to provoke uh, bad behavior or be unsafe. And so uh, life change works on those things. And honestly, the day a man comes into life change, we had a guy come into life change this week. He's working a, a an eight-hour day today. He's working a 40-hour week today. And you know what? He's going to feel more productive and happier with himself. We're going to give him a job he can do this week. Because he might be still uh, chemically um, coming off the after effects of detox, and it might be hard for him. But he's going to feel a whole lot better about himself by being part of a group of men who are being productive. And that's going to start feeling a whole lot better than life on the streets felt. And so... That's where life change starts, and it ends when he's working an outside job, living in quality housing, and has a really positive, influential group, a support group around him.
0: Congratulations to him. And, and you must hear and, hear and see success stories like that all the time.
1: No question. I mean, I almost take them for granted, but it, it's thrilling to see someone uh, come out of a homeless camp uh it could be uh you know misty or friend dave they they both came out of uh she influenced him to come out after months after she came out they weren't boyfriend and girlfriend but they knew each other and misty's just a rock star she came into our women's life change program she's back in touch with her whole family she's very productive She's been in recovery now for for nine months. I mean, it's great to see. And then she's looking ahead to all these women who have graduated and who are doing fabulously. They're working great jobs. They are... caring for their children, they're paying taxes, they're part, vibrant parts of churches or other support groups. And it's good. You know, they can experience that and see it. So it encourages them. And and to me, it's a it's a whole connected ladder of people who started this week or who are uh, like Lori, uh, you know, 24 years down the road off the streets, 30 years down the road off the streets and doing great. How do people that need your services find you? Uh, it's it, if For women, it's different than men. Men, we have a, a walk-up site right down at the Mission downtown, 3rd and Burnside. If you know of someone, a loved one who is remote from that, maybe they're out of area, they can begin to call us and contact us on our website, which is UGM. Portland.com, so UGM, like Union Gospel Mission, Portland, because there are other Union Gospel Missions, so it's UGMportland.org, I think I said .com, it's .org, we're a nonprofit organization. And so they can go on our website, and on our website they can look at the uh, Get Help um, site on there, and they can navigate toward men's or women's life change. What women do, because there's such a demand for our women's services, and we are, we're, we're mostly filled with the guys all the time, but we're always filled with the women, uh, they have to call out to our women's center on Tuesday morning if they want to um, try to get in to uh, women's life change. And so um, I, I feel horrible about that. I would love to have unlimited space, but if they call 503-802-2271 on Tuesday at 10 o'clock, they can see and, and begin getting on the, uh, the access list. Um, every once in a while, someone can get through, and and their situations urgent enough they can get in that day but a lot of times they might have to call back a, a week later and um it it's it's great to see it when it happens it's always heartbreaking because so many w- women are living in unsafe uh places that i want to have a place for all of them to get in and find a place but in our region, you know, Multnomah County had a no-woman-turned-away policy a few years ago, and there are simply so many women in need, We the county can't fulfill that policy because there aren't enough beds for all the women in need, and so we need to build more, and we're working to double the size of our uh, women's life change and build a new facility that can that can serve twice the women and we're, we're working hard to do it, but we're probably still two and a half, three years away from opening that. Wow. Yeah.
0: What keeps you doing what you do?
1: I love it. I mean, I, I'm a hopeful person. Um, it's easy to see the problem and get cynical. And I think when I was a trial lawyer and when I was a deputy prosecutor, I was really in danger of getting uh, cynical about it. And, but then you see, one person turnaround and you it gives you hope that you can offer that turnaround to someone else and once that kind of becomes a pump once once people are are peer engaging and they're serving as peer mentors to people on the street you know some of the best recruiters in the world are people who used to be on the street Mm -hmm. and they can attest to the value of coming in because I, I think people on the street tend to be distrustful it's one of the common beliefs is that you can't trust anyone and so if there's someone you who has earned trust from from you uh, and they're telling you this is a great place, come on in, uh, then we create that more positive uh, scenario and people start coming in and you know today the reality is our our women's center is full and our men's center is pretty close to full i mean we might have one bed but i gave the women's number for guys just go online you can find the uh, life information about men's life change and you and you can fill out an interest form and come down here or or, or send in an application if your loved one's out of area and and we'll we'll communicate with people on that basis. Over half our people come right out of homelessness. Um, and then some of the other people are, had been homeless and they're now out, but they're kind of falling back down and they don't want to fall all the way back to a homeless camp or they don't want to fall into jail. And so they uh, step into our place and it's great.
0: Union Gospel Mission does so many amazing things year-round, but you have several special events, and one we want to talk about today is Operation Overcoat. Tell yeah. me about Operation Overcoat.
1: Well, Gary, that's a real special time. You know, when we start uh, September, can be like the nicest month in Portland. It could still be warm, um, you know, and, and here we are, and and you know, we're, it feels like we're still in summer, but we're drifting toward fall. But we get ahead of that, and we look, and we know that by the time Halloween's here, the temperature's going to be radically different. Uh, There's going to be a lot more rain. There's going to be cold. um, And certainly we're at risk of snowfall or ice from mid-November all the way through to March. And so we want to get ahead of that because a lot of people on the streets can't store or carry their winter and summer clothing. So I don't know about you, Gary, but right now all of my winter clothing is still over in the other closet. Yeah. You know what I mean? The long sleeve <laughs> shirts. And I've got all my short sleeve shirts still out. Yeah, know, we, early early September still out.
0: We have that luxury of, of putting seasonal clothes away.
1: Yeah, we do. And uh, lots of options. If you're carrying them around every day, uh, there's ways that those get stolen or corrupted, or you just can't carry them. And you burn through clothes. So maybe people got to May, June, with very little winter clothing left. So what we want to do is say, hey, we care about you. God cares about you. The community cares about you. The community is extremely generous in donating winter coats and sweaters, and boots, and things people will need to get through the winter, maybe a flannel shirt, jeans. And so what we do is we close off the streets around the Mission. We close off Northwest 3rd between Cooch and Burnside, and we close off Northwest Cooch between 3rd and 4th, and we set up what's basically a street fair. And we'll have uh, a tent for men's pants. And we'll have a tent for women's pants. We'll have a tent for women's winter coats and men's winter coats. We'll have uh, a tent for men's socks and underwear. And you you just go around, and men and women are going to be taken care of who are homeless. And they're going to get tickets or coupons that are good for four clothing items. So this is not they come in with, uh, you know, Uh, black garbage bags and load up and hoard up and then sell the goods around the corner, which can happen in a clothing giveaway program, but this is a pretty austere and reasonable way that they can get what they need without enabling them to get more than they can handle or abuse the privilege. So they come in and they get their gear. We have a wonderful barbecue lunch that's done every year by A.C. Creek Church and our own staff, and then um, we have positive music. We have counseling. We have our search and rescue van, which uh, coaches people in homeless vans. That's parked up there to again establish relationship and have coaches available on. And tell them exactly what I'm telling your listeners: How do you get out of this situation? What's the off ramps into it? And and we have a number of agencies that we work with. If a person's addicted to drugs, we want to see them get into Hooper Detox and get. Detox and then go into a residential recovery program that extremely ups the chance. And and Hooper's gotten so much better over the years at at a low relapse rate after completion of their program. We're real positive and collaborative on it, and so you know there's there should be a place for people, and so we'll be setting up there to direct people. So it's not just a food giveaway or a clothing giveaway; it's also a hope and coaching giveaway.
0: Yeah, I want to know how, how important is this to the people that uh, are seeking help? It's, it's a big event for them to, to really, almost like a one-stop place to find help.
1: Yeah, I think it's got a good reputation among the homeless. We've been doing it since the year 2000, so I think this is our 19th year of doing it. And it's uh, it does get a lot of, of positive vibe. We get a lot of positive feedback. And again, it doesn't seem like it's undoable or too much. It seems like it's just good. Uh, you know, I think when you've been doing something that long, Gary, you want to kind of question it and say, has this run its course? Because we're going to be using... A couple hundred volunteers to, to set up and, and a lot of people are donating their winter coats and boots and socks and underwear and sleeping bags for this event. So we really want to constantly look at it and say, is this good for the people who come? And the answer year after year with questionnaires and follow-up is this is very uh, important to the people who come.
0: How can our listeners help out? Are you still seeking donations, and where can we drop those off?
1: Yeah, um, if, you know, given the fact that, again, the heat can come on and off and linger into to this month of September, um, we probably do not need bottled water for this event. Uh, through the summer, we've been collecting bottled water, and there's been a great response to make sure homeless people that we deal with are hydrated. So that's not one of them. But if you want to... Um, volunteer, you can go on our website at ugmportland.org, ugmportland.org, and go to the Get Involved page. And it, it really depends on how late you wait before... The last Saturday in September, um, you know, given we're early in September, you got you know you got a shot at getting in. Uh, we we always need some kind of help there, but we'll probably fill up on the volunteer opportunities um, a little bit before that. I you know I don't want to guess because it might be full by uh, by Saturday the fifteenth or Saturday the twenty second. But the earlier the better, you know. Get online and, and registered to volunteer. You can also uh, bring us um, a sleeping bag, boots, new socks or underwear. The, the Socks or underwear, really, the homeless people have the dignity to appreciate new ones, and we get quite a few new ones. We've been given a huge uh, donation of socks from Bombas Socks, which give away to the homeless one pair for every pair they sell. And so we're good on socks, but new underwear... Boots, sleeping bags, winter coats are always appreciated.
0: And this time of year is a good time of year to be shopping, too, because a lot of back-to-school sales are going on. And, yeah, and And there's, there's some there's some good buys out there.
1: There is. (laughs) If you can't get out or you can't volunteer, you could always support us. We have a number of hard costs, everything from the permitting to all the utilities for this and all of our staff that makes this happen. And we are grateful for cash donations online, again, at ugmportland.org. Usually on these Nonprofit website. The biggest button on the website is the give page, so you know you don't have to go to the get involved page. You're going to see a giant red button that says Donate Now, and and we appreciate your donations. I see it right there. Yeah. <laughs> How about that front
0: front end center? Yeah. So tell us the date again for Operation Overcoat.
1: Operation Overcoat is the last Saturday of September, and uh, on my calendar. This year, that looks to be September 29th.
0: <laughs> Indeed it is.
1: If it's not, I'm looking at the <laughs> wrong year, right? But yeah, we, that, that number uh, is, is really special to us this year. And, and uh, again, uh, even if you can't volunteer, it's worth driving by and seeing this spectacle of a positive, vibrant street fair. That is, it, it's good for the mindset and the emotion of someone who maybe isn't invited into a celebratory thing. Um, I don't believe that in order to incentivize a person out of homelessness, their life needs to be dreary every day. That that doesn't bring out the best in people. Uh, there's certainly natural consequences for living homeless. And believe me, the people who are homeless today are experiencing those.
0: Union Gospel Mission is always doing great work. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Gary. I I really appreciate uh, your mindset on this too.
0: We've been talking today with Bill Russell, Executive Director of the Union Gospel Mission. Thanks again. Metroscope is an Intercom Radio Portland public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit metroscopepdx.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.